0: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master new skill. It's time, it's time, time time to get in the zone, time to get in the zone with the 49ers Web Zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al
0: and Brian.
2: What's up, faithful? You're listening to another episode of the 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast, a part of the Odyssey Network. I am Brian Rennick, and I am joined by the legend himself, Al Sacco. Al... We waited all day for Sunday night. It was the biggest test of the season for the 49ers. And not only did they ace the test, they, I don't know, they stood up in front of the class, crumpled the paper and threw it in the teacher's face and said, I don't need to take this test. I already know I'm the best in this class. The 49ers stomped all over the Dallas Cowboys, 42 to 10. It was never close. It never felt like the 49ers weren't in firm control. And the 49ers QB1, Brock Purdy, inserted himself pretty firmly into the MVP conversation. I know I couldn't have been more thrilled with the game and the results. How about you?
0: So it got me thinking to when I was a kid. So I grew up on the East Coast, and obviously I'm not going to watch the Niners every week because they weren't on every week. And back when I was growing up, when before the internet and before you had everything at the click of a button, you had to wait for the scores to come on the game that you were watching to see how your how your team was doing. And you had to wait to see a highlight. And then mostly I would see highlights of the Niners on primetime. we watch it with Chris Berman and Tom Jackson. But where I would get to watch them a lot when I was a kid was Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football. And, you know, when you're 9, 10 years old, whatever it is, you um, you're maybe staying up till halftime. But I remember watching those games and I would watch it at living room with my parents or my dad or whatever. And my dad's a Colts fan. He doesn't give a shit about the 49ers other than that his son. They're his son's favorite team. And I just remembered him constantly like just watching the Niners just always going, they're a machine. They're a machine. Like, holy shit, look at this team. Like, they're a machine. That's what I was reminded of last night watching the game. I was laughing. I was laughing to myself into the second quarter like this is awesome they are so much better than a team that i was worried about i've been talking about the cowboys all season that i think they made good moves and i thought they had this game circled and they were going to come out at the niners with everything they had maybe they did but it just didn't matter because the 49ers are so much better than they are i don't even think the cowboys right now i put them below the lions in the nfc and maybe even the seahawks at this point like they just look like the cowboys of the last few years where you can't trust him in big games. Dak is, I'm sorry. I'm to the point with Dak. Is he a serviceable starter? Yeah, but he's not a big time quarterback until he goes out and plays a big time game at a, in a big time spot against one of these big time teams, not Tampa. That was, you know, hanging on by a thread last year in the playoffs, but big time game in the playoffs when it matters. I, I can't with him. I can't neither made him look shook again, last night again, we're talking about um, that he had a rating of – it was in the 60s, the previous two games. This game, it was in the 50s. Three interceptions. Just looked completely overwhelmed. Offensively, the 49ers look unstoppable. Fred Warner talked about the game afterwards, and he was like, yeah, after the first drive, we knew we, knew, we you know we were going to win this game because this offense is, is, is doing things that I haven't seen in years. Just 30 points is the floor at this point. It's the floor. They're a machine. They look like the best team in the NFL. Any worry that I had going into the game was gone. It was probably gone for me on the first drive, too, when I watched that offense. I'm like, this, yeah, they're unstoppable. And now I do want to talk about Purdy in a little bit because he's playing. You know, again, we ranked the quarterbacks, what was it, a few shows ago? We said at worst he's 15th. I think that's selling him short right now. He the way he is 100%. playing currently, not talking body of work, because there are guys who've done the way he's playing currently, it's hard for me to find, I don't know six quarterbacks better I, I don't know i don't i don't know the thrower in terms of the way they're playing and we'll go over some of the numbers
2: yeah i mean you can't you know a lot of these quarterback rankings again are subjective right it's like who would you take in you know if you were starting a team or whatever the case may be right and that's a, a largely how we i feel like that's largely how we we view these quarterback rankings rather than just simply looking at play this season right through five weeks of the nfl which quarterbacks are playing at the highest level and it's hard to argue that there are five or more quarterbacks that are playing at a higher level than brock purdy and that's the other thing is you know i i joked on the timeline twice I was like, man, Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy is systeming so hard out there right now, right? Like, because that's always the that's always the the caveat. Yeah, well, Brock Purdy is good, but it's the system, right? And then, but you look at you look at everybody else that was in this system. You look at Jimmy Garoppolo. You look at Nick Mullins. You look at C.J. Beathard. You look at Brian Hoyer. It didn't look like this, and then they go, yeah, but what about CMC? Well, Jimmy Garoppolo had CMC and he had him for 5 games and it didn't look like this and you know you just have to you just have to watch him play and recognize that he is making the correct decision 9 times out of 10 some games 10 times out of 10 every single time he knows where to go with the ball he is not settling for singles right he's hitting doubles you know, some of the throws that he made last night were incredible. They were high-level throws. They were layered into an area, you know, where it's over the the defender that's in front and it drops into the, you know, into the receiver's mm-hmm. hands. And, you know, the throw to Ayuk, that ended up being uh, negated by a penalty. The throw to Debo, you know, those are high-level throws. And one of the things that I, I saw today they were pointing out is, you know, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy himself has accepted and and talked about his own limitations, and what that means is that because he recognizes his own limitations, he knows the areas that he has to work on to overcome those, and that tends to be timing and accuracy, and that is where he is excelling right now. You know, you look at that throw to Debo; he was uncorking that throw before Debo even made its cut. He was throwing to a spot because he knows that he doesn't have the arm strength to just wait for him to make that cut and rifle it in there. And you don't need that arm strength. If you can process quick enough. And if you know what you're doing in the offense and that's exactly what he's doing. And so, yeah, I mean, like I said, in, in, you know, up top he has firmly supplanted himself within the MVP conversation along with his backfield mate, Christian McCaffrey, Mm -hmm. who had a, 14th straight game with a touchdown was held to 51 yards rushing. And this team still put up 42 points on what was arguably the best defense in the NFL. And that's the other thing is that the 49ers now establish that that defense probably lives in Santa Clara as well.
0: Yeah. The Cowboys had given up 41 points coming into this game and four games, Total. 42 in this game. I mean, that's a whole season's worth right there in, in one game. And you mentioned Purdy's processing. That's the thing to me. He, he sees it. He understands it. The game hasn't been too fast for him ever. It's never looked too fast for him. And this, I'm going to be, very, you have to be very careful because there's a long way to go when I'm not comparing him to a Montana or a Brady. We're not there. Give me a break. But the special quarterbacks, the great quarterbacks see things. They process things quickly. They understand what's in front of them. They know where to go with the ball. They're calm. They're poised. Purdy has all those traits. That doesn't mean the end result is going to be bad of what we've seen at Brady in Montana. There's only been two quarterbacks that have had those results, so it's doubtful. But he has all the traits because of what's in between his ears and because of how poised he is to be a very high-end quarterback in this league for a long time. And we brought up the MVP stuff. I woke up this morning, and that's the first thing I thought of because I usually get up on Monday or Tuesday or whatever. They, they played. And I look at his stats because it's starting to be a little bit fun for me. Purdy is number one in the league in passer rating right now. He has a passer rating of 123.1. The next closest person is Tua at 111.9. And for reference, the all time record for passer rating in a season is 122.5 for Aaron Rodgers. So right now, through about a third of the season, Purdy's past that. His QBR right now is 83.7. The next closest is Josh Allen at 77.7. That's that's a pretty big gap. He has not thrown an interception. Him and CJ Stroud are the only two quarterbacks, you know, starting quarterbacks who have played the majority right. of the team's steps to do that. TD passes, he has nine now. That's seventh in the league. He has yards per attempt, 9.3 second. His yards, 1271. He's eighth, his completion percentage, uh, 72.1. He is second in that as well. And Peter King... Well, before I say that, his EPA, I want to touch on this too. Akash actually did a stat that I saw. Yes. His EPA uh, per play in weeks one through five since 2014, he has the highest at 0.517. That's 0.5. Um, yeah, he's so off to the yeah. most efficient start since Peyton Manning in 2013. Manning was at 5.54 at that point. So Peter King wrote in his month weekly column today about Purdy being in the MVP conversation. And I good, because I woke up, I was thinking that. And then I saw he was thinking that. I'm like, all right, I'm not crazy. And he brought up some good points. He said the MVP most often comes from uh, one of the two top seeds in each conference. And it's a quarterback award. I mean, we if you have a special season like Adrian Peterson did in, I think it was 2012, you can force your way into there. But it's mostly a quarterback award. For the last 10 years, 15 to the last 16 years, a quarterback won it. And for the last 10 years, a quarterback from one of the two top seeds in the conference has won it. So as of today, Monday when we're recording this, the top four seeds are the Niners, the Eagles, the Chiefs, and the Dolphins. Hertz, Mahomes, and Tua would be the other four, four the other three of the four quarterbacks. And among those four, Purdy is first in accuracy with 72.1% completion, first in passer rating, like we said, 123. First in TD to interception ratio, always plus nine. Second in yards per pass attempt, only to two uh in third in passing yards with those guys and first in team margin of victory. The 49ers are plus ninety-nine right now, which is the best in the league. Um in terms of points scored versus points given up. The Bills are second. And the Bills are, I believe the bills have 78. So the Niners have that by a by a large margin. Purdy is playing at an MVP level right now. He certainly has the past two years. If this was a quarterback who was draft, any of those 2021 quarterbacks, let's say for argument, those first round guys, if any of those guys were doing this, it would be crowning them. They are an MVP. They're the next great thing. And because he was the seventh round last pick in the draft, everybody's like, oh, well, well, some people are starting to come around now hearing a lot more on national shows. Now they're starting to say, this isn't just Kyle Shanahan. This is Brock. This is Brock doing this. He is processing things at a high level. He is playing at a high level. Um, and as the season goes on, if he keeps doing this, Brian, he, he is very well, he will very well be in the MVP conversation. He will definitely be the 49ers' first Pro Bowl quarterback in 20-plus years, might even be an All-Pro. Just an amazing story, an amazing season.
2: Yeah, you know, and I saw, and I don't remember who who tweeted it out. It was during the game. Oh, uh, nope. I, th- I thought I saw it. Um, well, at least Kurt Bankert, who was on the 49ers briefly last year. He was a practice squad quarterback that they brought in. Um, he tweeted out during the game, the Cowboys have tried blitzing him, dropping eight, and everything in between. He's talking about Purdy. He is balling and playing like a top five quarterback right now. Hard to argue that. But there was another one that I saw, and I, I'm looking on my timeline, and I think I, I didn't retweet it. But basically, it was another former player. I don't know if it might have been Jeff Schwartz. I can't remember who, but they basically tweeted out and was like, if Brock Purdy was six four and two hundred and twenty five pounds, everybody would be talking about him as one of the best quarterbacks in the nFL and it really is it, to me it's it's he is a victim of his draft status, his physical stature, and the fact that he plays for a good head coach <laughs> and it's just it's wild to me that again he's getting essentially punished for all of those things which he has quite literally no control over one of the things that i loved in uh chris collinsworth said this i believe last night during the broadcast but uh he said that he talked to matt campbell from uh, iowa state that was brock purdy's coach in in college and he was like hey man like what did we miss what did we miss on this guy right because obviously teams missed because here we are And Matt Campbell said, "Brock Purdy is the most competitive person I've been around in my entire life," and I think that is the the gist of it. And somebody tweeted out a picture of Brock Purdy standing at the podium uh, yesterday, and he's wearing like these, you know, light colored jeans and and tennis shoes, and like he just, you know, he he doesn't have quote unquote swag, right? He doesn't. He just looks like a guy whose sole focus is on football and being the best that he can be at the sport. And when you have that and you have somebody like Kyle Shanahan, who, as long as you can put in the time and master the details, he's going to put you in wonderful positions to succeed. You're going to succeed. And it's just, it's, (laughs) At this point, it it just doesn't even, there's no reason to to try and find more things, to try and prop this guy up. He's doing it himself, and it's just a matter of people finally looking at the numbers and going, okay, these are undeniable, because that's what they are right now. They are undeniable, and this offense is undeniable. This team is undeniable. They are the best team in the NFL by a comfortable margin right now, a comfortable margin. The Bills lost to the Jaguars in London. The Ravens just lost to the Steelers. Uh, the Chiefs,
0: Chiefs are fighting it. They're fighting Chiefs are, it, yeah. are
2: they're fighting through it right now. They're not looking great. Will they be great at the end of the season? I would assume so, but Probably. right now they're not looking great. Uh, the Cowboys were supposed to be, you know, a, a an efficient offense and a, a just a kick ass defense, and the Forty Nine ers just dropped forty two right on their domes. Mm. So. Outside of the Eagles, who are still undefeated but haven't looked great, you know. Again, common opponents. The Eagles just played the Rams in LA. And it it was a it, w- it was a tough matchup. Those Rams are better than than everybody anticipated. Sean McVay is a great coach. I yeah, think there's there's no coach. denying that as well. But yeah, it just this was a statement game, and the statement was we're better than all of you. And mm-hmm. No one, no one is going to to challenge that. I don't think until that. I would I would assume until that Philadelphia game.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 seven in our mobile banking app.
0: Yeah, this game was the most watched week five Sunday night football game ever. 26.1 million viewers watched Kyle Shanahan basically just eat Dan Quinn's lunch. Just absolutely a clinic. Neutralized Micah Parsons, neutralized that front seven. The Cowboys were outcoached, outplayed, outclassed, everything. McCarthy and Quinn, again, Dan Quinn's got a lot of credit this year. Dan Quinn's a good good defensive coach. I'm not saying he's not. Mm Mm-hmm. He makes the point even more. Kyle Shanahan, where his game plan was perfect. The Niners played probably as close to a perfect game, I think, as you could play Sunday night. Offensively, they could not be stopped. Defensively, they had them shook. Kyle Shanahan right now to me, too. I mean, it's a long season. Mike McDaniel's there. Dan Campbell's doing a good job. But I think Kyle Shanahan's the coach of the year. I think Brock Purdy is in, you know, is, we're about a third of the way through here. I think Brock Purdy's in the MVP conversation. And I think Fred Warner, Brian, we always talk about Bosa, Parsons. We talk about Miles Garrett. We talk about TJ Watt because they rush the passer. And as we should, they are great players. And they probably are the top four or five or whatever defensive players in the league. Fred Warner doesn't get that kind of coverage because he's an off-the-ball linebacker, right? It's not a quote-unquote primary position. But I'm starting to think as we watch him, and just dominate every week and take the middle of the field away from teams and sack the quarterback and and interception. And he's the, he's, he's the heart and soul of the defense. Starting to wonder if Fred Warner, not only should he be in the defense player of the year conversation, but he should be in the best defense player in the league, just in general conversation.
2: Yeah, you know, like you said, the off-ball linebacker is not a glorified position in the NFL. In fact, it's very similar. I would say on the defensive side of the ball, off-ball linebacker is arguably at the same level of respect as running back, right? Like they very rarely get very much respect um, just because on the defensive side of the ball, you know, your, your superstars are those that sack the quarterback or intercept the quarterback. Uh, just like on offense, those that are superstars are who throw the football and who catch the football, right? Um, but, I mean, the the one play to me that really sums up who Fred Warner is as a player in terms of his football IQ, his uh, athleticism, and just his overall understanding of of where he is in space and what the offense is trying to do in that moment is that, is that play where he got the sack because it's it's third. And I believe it was third and three, either that or it was third and four and uh, Dallas tried to run mesh, right? Which is where two receivers come from opposite sides and cross right in front of each other in hopes of picking off one of their coverage defenders so that one of them gets, gets open. And Fred Warner at the snap of the ball recognizes immediately they are running mesh and he positions positions himself directly at the mesh point. And then once they cross, he goes with, uh, I believe it was CD lamb. He goes to that side, completely taking away that, that pass from Dak Prescott. And then right as Prescott pumps, Warner says, I got you. And then he just hair on fire and gets the sack. And you're just like, Mm -hmm. that's not a play that, that I, that's not a play that any other defender in the NFL is making. That's a Fred Warner play. And it's just a Fred Warner play. It's one human being makes that play. Yeah. And, and, and he wears 54 in the red and gold. Um, and you know, they talked about it last year, that dolphins game, right? The dolphins came in with the same kind of their offense is better this year. They've just got more dudes um, with Devin, a chain, most healthy. You know, you've got, you've got Tyreek, you've got Jillian Waddle, right? That's the same, but, but anyway, and that dolphins offense looked anemic against the 49ers defense. And it was largely mm-hmm. because they want to attack the middle of the field and Fred Warner erases the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. There aren't very many other players or any other players that can do that in the NFL. And it's not going to show up on the stat sheets. It's not going to give you glory stats. You know, he may end up with one interception all year. He may end up with a couple more. You never know. Uh, and and he'll probably get a handful more sacks, right? But he'll never get double digit sacks, right? Because he's an off ball linebacker. But he is what allows this 49ers defense to operate the way that they do. And if the Fred Warner was not on the field, this defense would be significantly less effective than it currently is. And so, yeah, I mean, will he will, will he be a defensive player of the year? Doubtful. But I, I I think it's a conversation in terms of who is the most important player to their defensive scheme in the NFL. And I think it's Fred Warner.
0: Yeah. So I'm looking at the defensive players of the year. I feel like he'd have to do something ridiculous statistically to really get considered for that.
2: Sure.
0: Bosa obviously won it last year. And then we'll go down from there. 2021 was TJ Watt, Aaron Donald in 2020. Stephon Gilmore won it in 2019.
2: Yeah. it's right. the last time a non-defensive lineman has won it over the past I I I think it's one time over the past decade or something like that yeah
0: because then it was Donald Donald Khalil Mack in 2016 J.J. Watt J.J. Watt and then you'd have to go back to 2013 Luke Kuechly won it there you go that's the last off-ball
2: linebacker what was that and he's the so he's the last off-ball linebacker yeah uh, to win the award he
0: didn't have him looking at his numbers two sacks four picks this says 156 total tackles how many tackles yeah Nothing crazy. Like, I remember that was a season I think he had like a 25 tackle game or something. But so nothing that jumps out at you. And then J.J. Watt won it in 2012. Terrell Suggs 2011. Then it was, so 2010, Paul Amalo. 2009, Charles Woodson. 2008, James Harrison. 2007, Bob Sanders. And then Erlacher won it in 2005 as an off-ball linebacker. Ray Lewis in 2003. So it happens. But I feel like he's got to have kind of a... Crazy. He'd have to have a crazy, crazy.
2: It's the team. gaudy, it's the gaudy tackle numbers that I think did it for Keekly in, in 2013. Yeah, 156 tackles. Fred Warner's never gonna get that. And the reason being is because it, what's interesting again, we talk about how important he is to this defense. He obviously makes tackles. I'm not saying that he doesn't, but the guy, the guy that I think will lead this team in tackles as long as he stays healthy is Drake Greenlaw. And mm. and I think largely that's because teams aren't attacking Fred Warner. <laughs> they're trying to stay away from Fred Warner. And so right. I, I think they're picking their poison and going, well, we might as well try and pick on Greenlaw and Greenlaw's like, well, you probably shouldn't pick on me either. Cause I'm going to end some of your players nights with some of these hits <laughs> that I'm going to lay on them. Um, so, you know, I, like I said, he's never going to get the counting stats necessary to probably even be in the conversation. But if you know, ball, you know the impact that Fred Warner has as a as a player, and it is largely unmatched across the league and it's just it's he's just so fun to watch both of them greenlaw it's 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 Bowman and Willis all over again, and I just love it. It's just so fun to watch
0: man the the luck that this team's had at linebacker. Or, or maybe it's just skill getting these guys in there to have Bowman and Willis. And then 10 years later to have these two guys right now, Warner has 41 total tackles. That's 23rd in the league. So yeah, it's Where's not like on? he's going to have these gaudy numbers. Um, Zaire Franklin for the Colts leads with 69. And then if you just get guys with, with a lot of sacks, it makes it hard. Um, TJ Watts got eight sacks. Yeah. Two forced fumbles. Yep. You know what I
2: mean? I think he scored the other- a
0: touchdown this year. Didn't it? That's,
2: that's the other play. That's the other play that Fred Warner had. Was that forced fumble on Tony Pollard? That was yes. a great play. That was a hustle yeah. play, came from behind, punched that ball out miraculously it stayed in bounds. But yeah, he had a forced fumble, he had an interception, and he had a sack. Like he just owned that game. It was
0: Yeah, I guess if he keeps doing that his numbers would be would be pretty insane. But it's just going to be so hard for cuz TJ Watt will probably have 20 sacks this year and he'll yeah, probably, probably force Six fumbles. It's going to be really difficult to break in as an off-ball linebacker unless something special yeah. happens. But he's deserving, man. And the Niners are really lucky to have him. But I feel like Bosa gets a lot of credit, and he should. Bosa had a really great game again this week. He had seven pressures, a sack, played really One well. Sack, yeah. He deserves all that credit. Javon Hargrave is a big-time you know, free agent addition. He He's going to get talked about. Warner gets talked about and he has respect everywhere. Everybody, every, when they say like, this guy's on another planet, but I feel like sometimes it just, it just goes overlooked maybe nationally. Like there should be, you know, you don't talk about him like you did, like Ray Lewis. Everybody's talked about Ray Lewis or Erlocker. Everybody talked about how great he was. I feel like Warner, I feel like it's more like now with kind of like the football nerds love Warner. So you yeah. get a lot of those podcasts that are talking about, you know, statistics and advanced statistics. And they're like Fred Warner's from a different planet. Yeah, and they're talking about him, but I don't know. I feel like when you turn on the TV, and maybe you're watching a pregame show or something. There's not enough about him like there should be because he he's phenomenal. The guy's going to the Hall of Fame.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, he's he's on track right now for sure. I mean, but that's the other thing, right? Hall of Fame <clears throat> largely again driven by statistics rather than mm-hmm. narrative and rather than, you know, just overall, I guess, reputation if you will. But it, it kind of reminds me of of Eric Armstead, right? Like, there are a lot of people who recognize how important Eric Armstead is in this defense. But again, if you're just looking at the box score, you wouldn't recognize it. And it's because he's not, you know, yeah. he's not getting the sack numbers, right? But he is affecting the game significantly all the time that he's on the field, just like just like Fred Warner does. And so, yeah, this team... And, and that's the other thing. That's what I love about this team is I I don't sense any, any level of me from any of these players on this team, it is all about the team. And I think that's why they were willing to take a chance on Randy Gregory edge player. Who's coming in to make this defense even better. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm very excited for that. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I think this is the right culture, but to get back to that culture, I watched I watched Fred Warner break down the the locker room after after the game, right? So Kyle Shanahan gives his his speech or whatever. And then Fred Warner is always the one that breaks down the huddle. In fact, you will hear at the end of this episode, after I say later, you're gonna hear Fred Warner say Niners on three, one, two, three, niners. He does it every time. He's he's the captain. He's he's like the captain's captain, right? Like I think mm-hmm. he is the leader of this team, if you will. But he said, he said, that's what happens when you go out there and you operate in love over fear. And what he meant by that was everybody on that defense trusts each other to do what they're supposed to do. And when they do that, they dominate. And the other thing he said was one game at a time. And that's the thing that I think is where this team is so locked in, because even in the post game they were interviewing kittle warner and purdy right so kittle three Mm -hmm. three touchdowns purdy four touchdowns warner phenomenal game right and i don't remember who was asked and i believe it was brock purdy and they basically asked him like essentially you guys look pretty unbeatable right now like How are you feeling about this season or whatever? And Brock Purdy said, one game at a time. Like, we're just focused on the next game. And the interviewer turned to Kittle and said, I probably shouldn't have asked the most humble guy out here. And Kittle said, all three of us would have given you the same answer. And I was like, oh, God, I love it. I just love Mm -hmm. it because, like I said, it just goes to show the, the, the mentality that they currently have. And they just recognize that, As long as we play our game, as long as we focus just on us, it doesn't matter who's in the other locker room. It doesn't matter what storylines are circling on social media and in the media in general, Mm -hmm. as long as we focus on us, no one can beat us. And I really believe that. I don't think anyone can beat this team right now. I really don't. I'm not afraid of any single team in the NFL right now. If this team plays the way that they did have for the last five weeks, Man, the sky is the limit.
0: Yeah, and I agree. I was afraid of the of the AFC coming into the season. You know, oh, you got to deal with the Bills or, or, or Mahomes, and I'm not afraid of anyone right now. Line them up. That's kind of the way I feel with this team. They're as good. They're playing as well as anybody. I, I don't. I think from the entire roster on both sides of the ball, no team can compete. They're just not. Mahomes can elevate. Allen can elevate on any given day. You got guys like that who can do that, but on a whole roster. I don't see it. And you mentioned what this team is and, and what they understand the assignment. They know that this is a special core and they want to get it done. And also with them, you mentioned it doesn't matter what's going on on the, on the outside. And it proves people like me way wrong.
2: Because and me.
0: we made a big deal <laughs> of this off season and pre yeah. in, in preseason. And they proved me they, and I've, I've been saying it for, since, since week one, listen, the lights went on and none of that shit mattered as long as this, this, most of this team is together. I don't, I don't care if Kyle Shanahan makes Brock Purdy run around in a diaper next training camp. Or, well, while he throws things at him, I, I don't care. It does. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. Cause this team is so focused. They are professionals. They know how to win. They know how to block out the noise. And I, I'm not, listen, I'm not a homer. I know I probably sound like it the past few weeks, but I'm not. You know, when I think something I don't like it, I say something. Yes. But they've proved me wrong. They've proved me wrong. It, it, none of that stuff with Lance mattered. It, it it didn't matter. None of the stuff with the Bosa contract ended up mattering. It, it, it didn't. So this stuff can, you know, the stuff is, is good for podcasts and, and people get fired up about it. And you should be passionate as a fan. I'm not saying don't do that. But you have to know, just like if they had started out slow this year, I couldn't have come out and said, they're three and three of the sky's falling because we've seen them start slow the past two years. They ended up there at the end with the, with the last four teams. Now yeah. it's the same thing as distractions happen. I, I just don't think it matters with this core. As long as this team is mostly this core and the, these group of guys, and now it looks like you have a steady hand at quarterback for hopefully the next five to ten years. And, uh, a guy like yeah. Purdy isn't going to let the outside noise, you know, he's, he's a leader, Fred Warner. These guys aren't going to let the outside stuff get into that room and affect things it's a special group, man. It really is. And it's just, it's hard to do anything but gush about them right now.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I would almost argue it's more than a steady hand at quarterback. It is an ascending hand at quarterback, right? Mm -hmm. He's getting better. The other thing is he's getting better. And for, for all the hand wringing of physical limitations and everything, he is. This offense is putting up 30-plus points a game every single game. And the defense, uh, this defense, they held the Cowboys to 197 total yards, less than 200 yards. The offense put up over 400. They dropped 42 on what many people, as I said earlier, many people thought was the best defense in the NFL. Are they missing Trayvon Diggs? Sure. Was Trayvon Diggs gonna make a difference in this game? Hard pressed to think that he would. And it's just I, I like I'm just running out of ways to express how impressed I am. I mean, that's really the the, the bottom line. And I I think in the NFL, you don't tend to have teams that are just so much better than everybody else. And I think, I I think even analysts are struggling to talk about this team in a way that gives them enough credit and enough of, of their flowers because it's just mind boggling what they're doing. And, you know, before this Dallas game, it was, well, they haven't really played anybody. And Based on how they beat the Cowboys, maybe they still haven't. You never know. But mm-hmm. uh, that that Cowboys team is going to be in the playoffs. We know this. Are they gonna win their division? No. Are they going to uh you know, are they going to get knocked out in the uh wildcard round or the divisional round? Uh yes, more than likely, but it's still a good team, it's still a phenomenal defense. Uh and they just ran into a buzzsaw, and now they go to the second ranked defense in the NFL in Cleveland this week, although their quarterback may be out, which I mean, that could be an ugly game for the for the Browns if if Watson can't play and Dorian oh, Thompson yeah. Robinson has to against this defense. And then they play the Vikings, and then they play the Bengals, and then they have a bye. And you know, you said we talked in the preview, like it it's conceivable that they're going to be undefeated going into the bye, and I, I I don't see any way that they're not. Now, obviously, that again, uh, and just I would say with every NFL team, health permitting, and that was the big scare coming out of this game, was talk about a biceps injury to Aaron Banks, and we got news today that it's actually just a shoulder sprain, which is huge mm-hmm. news. Uh, John Feliciano came in for Banks and 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 played well. Um, so that's, that's a nice depth piece there to have. Yep. Um, and then outside of that, the only other injury it's not even coming from the game is, is still Elijah Mitchell, uh, nursing that knee injury, but I'll tell you what, uh, Jordan Mason looked pretty dang good against those Cowboys. So he did, you know, I want to talk
0: about him a little bit more we, when we do the preview show, um, I had yeah. some stuff about him that to get to, but I did what I did want to talk about, you mentioned they haven't really. Well, you obviously say, who did they play, right? And that's been a lot of the criticism with the Niners. Like, people just will always want to nitpick stuff. Well, well, what about, well, this team wasn't great. What about this? Just want to go back. First of all, this season, they've outscored people 167 to 68. I mean, that's pretty good through five games. I don't think you might better. That's 99. That. Um, they have the second-best scoring offense, and they're only behind Miami because Miami hung up 70 on a team. And they have uh, teams that have played five games, the best-scoring defense. So if you go back to when Purdy became the – starter. Okay. Or when he started playing most of the games, we came in that Miami game. They've won 33 to 17, 35 to seven, 21 to 13 on a Thursday night when their quarterback had hurt ribs, 37, 20, 37, 34, 38, 13, 41, 23, 19, 12. And then Purdy goes out in the NFC championship game. He only played that first series. So that's not a a full Purdy game, but then this season 30 to seven, 30 to 23, 30 to 12, 35 to 16, 42 to 10. This isn't squeaking by things and winning games with a defensive touchdown or ugly game 17 to 13. They're kicking the shit out of almost everyone. 30 yes. plus points, giving up about 15, 16, you know, in that range on average. They're not just beating the teams that they're playing. They are annihilating the teams that they're playing. This is We keep saying it as good as the 49ers teams we've seen since the 90s and it is good of a team in the NFL. No other team in the NFL is beating up on people from week to week the way the 49ers are.
2: I am very excited to see how that Dallas team bounces back next week. I'm trying to see who they play. Um, they play –
0: Cowboys. Oof, uh, they play the Chargers that. on
2: Monday night. They play the Chargers on Chargers. Monday night. That's I'll that's inter- a game
0: both teams are really going to need to win. Chargers yeah. kind of suck
2: yeah. though. I'll be interested to see how that game goes, but yeah, I I mean this team and and this team is so physical and they just beat the shit out of every other team. You look at Leighton Vanderash left with an injury and you know Micah Parsons was dinged up and yeah, uh, you know, and it's just they just. They, they impose their will onto the other team on both sides of the ball, and nobody has been able to push back yet. Will they be able to? I don't know. But as it stands right now through week five, I don't see anybody on the schedule, and I don't see anybody around the league right now uh, that can hang with this 49ers team when they play the way that they have the first five weeks. Is that a guarantee that it'll continue? Absolutely not. But there's also no reason to question or think that it that it can't or it won't. And I just love being a fan of this team right now. It's so fun.
0: It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Parsons told, I think it was Michael Irvin. I think that's why we're talking about it today after last year in the playoff game. He's like, it took me two weeks to feel better after playing the Niners physically. Said he was so you know, because they beat you up so much, they're so physical. Yeah. And they're gonna have a physical game this week coming up against the Browns and that defense. Um, looks like Watson's not gonna play we'll talk about all that we'll get into that next show um' it'll be a tough game because of the defense you know it, it could be they're coming off an emotional win we'll see how it goes but we'll break that all down and look into it uh probably on Thursday I would think we'll do that so until then for Brian I'm now
1: light up Nine is three, One, two, three. <laughs>